Welcome back to the docket, where court is always in session. I'm your co-host, Sarah D. Bunting, and I'm here with Eve Beatty. Hello, Eve. Hello, Sarah. Um, we'd like to send our best wishes to Gigi Hadid, who got pinched for pot possession in the Caymans. That can still happen. You guys got to be careful. Guys, it was medical. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, you know, Sarah, I'm, sure I'm, I'm, I'm starting a cross-country drive later today, and while I am not a pot person per se, I do use CBD for recovery, for running. That sounds like a Gigi Hadid uh, excuse, but it really is true. <laughs> and I'm going to be driving through some places where CBD is illegal, so I'm leaving my CBD at home. So basically, I'm the third, fourth Hadid. Mm. I'm, I've always said that. I know, right? I'm, I'm probably like older than their mom now that I think about it. God. Oh, God. Okay, let's not think about that. Let's think about this. The Emmy nominations for 2023. God knows if there's going to be a ceremony or if they're just going to, like, mail people some stickers, which, you know, I'd, I'd be fine with stickers. Sure. I, my mantle is full. But uh, we do have some true crime uh, on offer. Not as much as you see at the Golden Globes because there's not a documentary wing really there's like reality shows but keith morrison is never nominated for these more's the pity um i don't think uh but this year we have in the comedy uh in the comedy category jury duty was nominated mm-hmm. as a best comedy show as well as only murders in the building jury duty I did not watch. Our esteemed colleague Tara Ariana was sort of obsessed with it and how fake it was and that the more it insisted it was real, it was obviously fake. Did you watch any of that? And what are your thoughts on it being nominated at all in this category? Well, with all due respect to Tara, I have noticed that she seems to have a bit of a soft spot in her heart for James Marsden. So I take that into account when she talks about jury duty. I gave the first episode a shot and then realized that I'd been screwing around on my phone for 10 minutes and had zoned out and, you know, (laughs) sort of did a life's too short with it. Um, I think it's like, I don't think it's a bad, I also really liked the, the first season of Joe Millionaire and it seems like it shares like a, you know, which with a very young, early career, Kristen Wiig. Um, Mm -hmm. And I feel like it shared some of that DNA, and I was hoping it sort of captured that. But, And I think that Tara also made this observation. It felt very clear to me from the jump that it was not as reality as it claimed to be. I I just don't think. It felt felt more staged than um, a Real Housewives episode. Right. So, ergo, this nomination does not... Does well, not, I, um, as a comedy, you. sure, right? As, right? as opposed to reality, yeah. Or right. unscripted, yeah. Um, for lead actor in a comedy, only Martin Short from Only Murders in the Building was nominated. Okay? I'm cool with that. I think that I don't know what conversations you have with people about Only Murders in the Building, which is such a pretentious thing to say, but... Um, um, people from my husband to the uh, guy I work with who you know cleans my loft have observed that this is the most genuine and heartfelt Martin Short has seemed in you know 30 years. 
So mm-hmm. I think rewarding that, I think rewarding being a real person as opposed to a caricature of himself isn't the worst thing that uh, the Emmy people can do. Yeah, I agree. I had some initial difficulty, if I recall correctly, getting my husband into this show because Martin yeah. Short was just so Martin short e. And fucking Jiminy Glick, I feel like sort of ruined him for a lot of us. Yeah. Yeah. But I also think that this show, first of all, understood sort of rare among this like mini genre Mm -hmm. when it should let go of the true crime satire part. Yeah. And like kind of steer onto a different or into a different lane of what it really was, which is like a love letter to giant Upper West Side apartment building living, a love letter to the pretensions of the theater community like the the worlds that it occupies it has a deep love and familial affection for including all the ways in which they're bullshit uh so i have no problem with the overall nomination for the show overall and i have no problem with shorts at all because his ability to kind of throttle the the jiminy glickness Mm -hmm. of his usual performance has been really impressive. And as a result, his parts of the show have been the most touching. I think like his sort of evolving relationship with his son and the way that they unfolded that in the writing, I thought was really good. Well, I also feel like it's very rare. The only other person I can sort of think of offhand is Ryan Johnson for um, a property to be able to write as well for a young person as mm-hmm. for sort of a elder statesman. And um, I find, even though, you know, I'm sort of in the, like, generationally in the middle, I find the Selena Gomez character completely believable. And I'm not just saying that because I want every single one of her sweaters. Um, oh, God. But Same. that... But that we can have that and find it so believable and, you know, and Martin Short and find him believable, I think is sort of rare among, you know, Uh, fictional screenwriting in general. Yeah, I think she may have gotten... I failed to look this up beforehand, I apologize, but I'll put something in the show notes. She was nominated last year. But she was nominated last year, and uh, my husband, again, an actor, sort of, not emeritus, but like, on hiatus, technically on strike, we support SAG. Yep. Uh, He sort of found her performance, like, monotone and not nuanced and I said well maybe that's true but whatever her limitations are as an actor I felt like it really worked for this character so we were not in agreement on that but um, I think she didn't have a lot to go on with last season's writing Mm -hmm. there were some weird stories that they just bailed on with like the Delavine character. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, I would have had no problem with anyone being nominated from that yeah. cast. Um, nobody got a nod in supporting actor, but Marsden from Jury Duty did get a nod there. I want good things for him. I yeah, feel like same. he had a sort of nice little career that didn't depend on him being Captain Handsome all the time. And I want good things for him. So that'd be nice. And uh, Nathan Lane got a guest actor in a comedy nomination. 
Once again, uh, you know, it's that restraint thing that I think yes. is so notable. It's so hard. I, it must be very difficult to get Nathan Lane out of his lane. Ha ha. Uh, um, huh, but I think yeah. it must be very difficult. And we had another, I think, sort of very affecting parental relationship there. Um, yeah. And I agree. thought that it was great. I concur. Uh, that's pretty much it for the comedy nominations, except that both Jury Duty and Only Murders got writing nominations. I didn't look up the specific episodes, but again, yeah. I, I don't think, given the competition, that they're going to win. No. And because the bear is, like, clattering around in the comedy category, which drives me crazy, but whatever... Um, I, I just don't think any of these nominations is going to result in a win, but I'm fine with all of them. Well, I mean, also, like, with the last season of Ted Lasso and so many other sort of sentimental favorites going right now, like, yeah, I don't think they yeah. have a chance, but I also think the gesture is appreciated. Yep, I think so, too. And you just never know when they're going to decide it's a past master's time Yeah. to do it. Uh I have other issues with our next set of categories, which is the limited series category. Uh, Ryan Murphy's decision to like kind of dig in on crit of Dahmer monster or however we're supposed to call it. There's too much punctuation. I am not a crackpot. Uh, but that won an overall nomination for best limited series. It's challenging, right? Because Ryan Murphy right now, and I feel like um, it must be someone with whom we work, but I cannot recall who offhand, like had a headline recently that was something along the lines of like, is Ryan Murphy Hollywood's new villain? It's Mm. very difficult for me right now not to sort of pick up not just Murphy's sort of aggressive defensiveness about Monster and lump it in with some of his actions against my fellow WGA members. Um, And uh, I feel like more and more people are starting to, you know, that sort of that Twitter thread about, Hey, is Ellen DeGeneres actually awful and how it sort of like started this mainstream conversation. I feel Mm -hmm. something like that is starting to come with Ryan Murphy. And I'm very curious to see if it has an impact on Emmy voting. Well, we're going to be talking a little bit about him um, and the Menendez project that he's working on in a couple weeks. We're not going to get into it now. But the thing is, like, I did watch a few episodes of Dahmer Monster, and it was good. Like, the performances were good, but I think that he is unwilling to accept that, like, it's it's a centering of the monster issue that the quality of the product is not going to gainsay and the really the only play is to be like we wanted to try to do a um i don't know sensitive or creative or artistic what like whatever his defense is just be Mm -hmm. like we were we were trying to make art we did not sufficiently consider how victims' families would feel. We apologize for that. And then just shut the fuck up. Oh, just shut the to, fuck oh, it was up. public records. It was public records. Well, I think yeah. there's... And this is where we verge into sort of the rumor-mongering part of the podcast. 
I have it on good authority from a couple of different people who have worked on um, nonfiction true crime that uh, discomfort with how Murphy approaches his fictionalized takes has led them to veer away from entering into agreements, uh, adaptation agreements, which means that people who write books, and you don't make a lot of money from writing books, as you and I both no, know. No, you don't. Um, people are turning down the money because of concerns over how he tackles this stuff. And I do think that, you know, Monster was like sort of the last one and in, in, I think, a line of things like this. And I think that that is, that, that after, what am I trying to say here? That his reaction sometimes is to then fictionalize some of this stuff. We saw some of this in American Horror Story Hotel, right? Mm-hmm. Um, where he sort of like, oh, I'm, or, and also in like American Horror Story 1984, this is something I've written about for best evidence, that, um, you know, if he doesn't have the property, then he's going to fictionalize it. Or he, you know, by he, it's right. not like his pen, but, you know, under his, under his eye. Um, right. <laughs> and so I yeah. think that there is, you know, there's, this discomfort with him because of that too, that it's almost like he's doubling down on that, not just the criticism, but also with the properties themselves. You, you're not going to let me do this. Then here's what I'm going to do. Right. Yeah. And complicating it, at least for me is that American crime stories, second series was a really stunning piece of work. Uh, And I think was respectful of and curious about the victims in a way that subsequent projects have not been or have been a little more uh, glib. Yeah. But American Crime Story season two was, I mean, stunning acting, uh, really cool, innovative way of structuring the narrative in reverse time. and between the performance from Darren Chris and the way that it was written, this idea that you could maybe sort of feel like you understood Andrew Cunanan, but you weren't being asked to sympathize with him. You were being shown some things and not led toward a conclusion. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that his weaving in of uh, the sort of terrorized existence of yeah. certain parts of the queer community in the mid nineties. Not that that doesn't continue alas today, but I think that that was really felt and yeah. me and like r- raised the project. It like elevated it. So yeah. I think that he is trying to do the same thing with Dahmer and, or was, and is trying to make the same arguments about like uh, queer visibility or homophobia's toxic and stunting effects. Like whatever. I I think I said this in my review that it's like, it doesn't carry to this mm-hmm. project because there's other issues here yeah and it's just I mean it's just different and I understand that he had the best intentions and I also understand that there's a little bit of I'm right because I'm rich and I'm rich because I'm right shit happening with Ryan Murphy at this phase of his career but like just 
take the L. Just be like, we were trying to do this. We did not amply consider the effect. We apologize. This will be my final comment on this. And then withdraw from awards consideration. Like, just go do something else. You're Ryan fucking Murphy. Yeah. Think about something else. But we won't have that. Uh, we won't have that option. Evan Peters is nominated again. I am disgusted that he won the last time. Again, it's a good performance. He's a good actor. Well, and he won. Did he win the Golden Globe for that he did. role? Is that right? Yeah. Which yeah. you know, the Golden Globe, whatever. Like, I'm still not clear what the methodology is with that. But you know, people take it seriously. So sure. Make everyone clutch their pearls so that you get publicity, I think, yeah. is the play. And that worked in my case. Um, but Evan Peters is nominated against Taryn Edgerton for Blackbird and uh, Kumail Nanjiani for Welcome to Chippendales. Yeah, I was, which- I was pleasantly surprised to see Welcome to Chippendales in there. Because I kind of forgotten about it, and I do feel like that's one of those shows that maybe was a little better than anyone gave it credit for. But I feel like it came out at a time when there was sort of a glut of stuff, and it sort of got a little bit lost in the shuffle. Am I am I remembering that right? I feel like you know we gave it some attention, and other people gave it some attention, but we moved on pretty fast. And I think if it had been released at a different time, a more fallow time, it would have it it would have had like a longer tail. Uh, yeah, and I think that was one of those that you and I hot potatoed back and forth, and then it's yeah. like we're just not doing it. Our esteemed colleague Sarah Carradine at the Crime Scene Podcast on the Rob Has a Podcast Network uh, has recommended it to me that she's like you should go back and reconsider it. Uh, I got the impression that that one was well-acted, but not as well-built as the acting would suggest, which the nominations would tend to back up. Uh, It's not the only one that it got, I don't think. Annalie Ashford got a supporting actress nod for it. Juliette Lewis got a supporting actress nod for it. Um, And then also for Blackbird, we had Paul Walter Hauser in Supporting Actor and Ray Liotta in Supporting Actor. And I suspect that that one is the late Mr. Liotta's just because. Unless we have a Chadwick Boseman at the Oscar surprise, it could happen. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it could. Now, remind me, did you watch Blackbird? I feel like you did. I watched a couple of episodes and I remember thinking that um, nobody's going to watch this shit. And it's a shame because the acting was perfect. The casting was perfect of Leota and Edgerton as father and son. Edgerton has a certain, uh, has a certain energy that makes him perfect for a role like this, where it's like, he's the least crappy of the people that mm-hmm. you're being asked to look at for eight hours. Um, I didn't end up finishing it, but I'm pleased that the Emmys cared and also gave their gave the voting body something to look at besides Evan Peterson in this category or Evan Peters in this category. So, you know, there's a bunch of other nominations for Dahmer, including uh, Oscar winner Richard Jenkins in supporting actor and Niecy Nash Betts in supporting actress. That's a weird. That's a weird category placement. I think she should be in lead actress. 
she's well, great in this, but r- remind me with the Emmys. Don't you you make the choice as the property what you are entering um, your folks in? Like it's not like the Emmys yeah. like just like make the decision on their own. And yeah. I do know that in interviews that Nash did, and I think I actually wrote about one for Best Evidence because I was I liked the sensitive way in which she approached some of the concerns raised by the survivors and those left behind um, due to Dahmer's crimes. Um, I felt like she was trying very hard to position herself as a supporting person as opposed to a lead and Mm. might have actually used those words. So this might have been something that they've been thinking about since the jump. Yeah, could be. Uh, I'm glad to see Juliette Lewis all over the Emmy nominations. Um, She had a good year. God bless her. Uh, yeah. Wrapping up these this section of nominations is the lone nomination for Love and Death, which was Jesse Plemons in Best Supporting Actor. And our esteemed colleague, Mark Blankenship, had a whole piece that he wrote, I forget for whom, and I will look it up for the show notes, about Jesse Plemons basically having one thing that his characters always do. And when you cast him... That's what you expect, but that Mark wants more from him and thinks that this, that the um, successful casting of Jesse Plemons means that Plemons' acting is overpraised. It was weird, you know, watching the um, Killers of the Flower Moon trailer, which I, I am not a fan of judging a property on the basis of its trailer or the trailer breakdowns or whatever, but... It's weird, right, when you watch that trailer, when Jesse Plemons shows up and he says something like, well, I'm here to see who did it. And you laugh, like you laugh involuntarily because to Mark's point, and I'm bummed that I hadn't read that, but it's, you know, it's a brilliant, brilliant point. It, it seemed like Plemons walked in from, well, not Fargo, I guess, because he was the perp there, but from all these other roles where he just shows up as sort of the, is he a bumbler? He's definitely a yokel um, sort of investigator. And, you know, the trailer overall is very somber and, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio is uh, sweaty as always. And, you know, you're real anxious. And then here I am. I'm Jesse Plemons. That accent was so terrible, guys. I'm so sorry. And, and, and this seems like <laughs> in, in this role here, even though he was an investigator, he was sort of. But once again, it's hapless. Every character that you write about that Jesse Plemons plays hapless is somewhere in there. He's the hapless nerd in Black Mirror, you know, throughout. Yeah. Yeah. And I do appreciate that they're making him a little more competent. Like in Breaking Bad, I think that he was this just efficient sociopath, but not but the folksy sociopath. Mm -hmm. And that's also been a lane of his. But as far as love and death, I sort of felt like, was it a bad performance no it was very good was it a difficult performance no it wasn't like they absolutely had him in mind like first on their list but that nobody else was nominated like lily rabe yeah that's a performance oh absolutely but i i okay i think that part of the appeal with plemons perhaps is that uh it appears effortless and yeah. um I think that this is something that both you and I find relatable as um, 
students who at one time or another probably got a does not work up to her full potential because we wrote the <laughs> 3000 word term paper the night before while drinking a beer. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that Plemons is sort of the acting version of our high school and college careers uh, that he makes it feel effortless and therefore watching a performance of his feels less stressful than watching Lily Rabe, who seems like she's working for it, or watching Elizabeth Olsen, who seems like she's working for it, or, you know, or, you know, whatever. Like, you, you can even talk about the the competing Candy Montgomery, you know, project and how hard everyone else seemed to be working there, too. And then you have Plemons, who just sort of seems to, like, roll in morning of in the outfit that he was sleeping in, and he walks on the set. So I can see, as someone who's evaluating products for awards that somebody like that it feels relaxing it's like a warm bath yeah and also that he doesn't he doesn't seem to need it yeah but yeah like it's it is a little strange to me I didn't again I didn't think Olsen's performance was bad I thought Jessica Biel's candy was more interesting yeah I have to say like her, the choices that she was making. And that's another one where it's like, she's limited, but sometimes that works for you. I think I said this in my write up that it was like the Farrah Fawcett in, um, God damn it. You said, Diane Downs. you said a certain sacrifice, I think you said a certain sacrifice, but when you wrote that, I had to check because I thought, Oh, does Sarah mean the burning bed? Because I had Mm -hmm. the same reaction, but thought the small sacrifices was the small sacrifices. Thank you. A certain sacrifice I think is a pornographic film. I apologize, Farrah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, anyway, that was, I think everyone's big in this section of the nominations. Um, the big surprise was that Welcome to Chippendales got any nominations, <laughs> much less as many as it did, and that Love and Death got as few. And uh, White House Plumbers, I, nothing. Listen, nothing, I, and I'm fine with it. I'm not advocating for that because I don't think it was a good series. I mean, I think part of the reason I think it wasn't a good series, besides the fact that it wasn't a good series, is <laughs> because... I sort of hotly anticipated it due to Justin Thoreau's hotness. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, so I was definitely disappointed by it. But I am, you know, if we're going to talk about like sort of surprising omissions, it ticks all of these sort of awards boxes and prestige boxes in ways that, so I'm pretty shocked that it didn't get any sort of, nod for acting Woody yeah, Harrelson nothing, somebody you know yeah like nothing. the writing okay but like nothing for like directing an episode like I think it got nothing and yeah. it's like and I actually think Theroux's performance I don't know if it was awards worthy but given the the project's struggles to hit the right tone by which I mean they never did in my opinion I think that it was a good performance. Like this guy is a, this guy was a scumbag and just weird. Like, yeah. I mean, neurodivergent probably G Gordon Liddy, but like the way that the scripts were like, this is funny. Like, here's a, like, let's listen to a Nazi record. Like, Oh my God, what the fuck is the actor supposed to do with that shit? Even <laughs> if it really happened, like I'm supposed to play this for laughs. Yeah. Ha. Huh? 
The shit, the shit was not that funny. Like, no. these boneheads threatened democracy. I guess now it seems quaint, given what we're dealing with here 50 years later. But it's like, I don't know. That, yeah. that performance was probably better than it was given credit for. But I think the other thing is that just kind of nobody watched it. Even I gave up on it, and I'm fucking obsessed with Watergate. So, and threw his dick. Yeah. And I, I like Woody Harrelson. I mean, I don't need to let Woody Harrelson use my bathroom or anything. I feel like he might be an anti-vax weirdo, but. Uh, yeah, but that's said, really I good mean, actor. I let him like, you know, make me breakfast or something. Because if he has that muscle mass for and he's a vegan, like he's got some secrets that I'm interested in learning. But mm-hmm. but I do think that that the lack of viewership viewership which we're guessing you know it's not as though hbo is like releasing numbers and the lack of emmy's attention um i do i don't want to like make too much out of this because it wasn't a good show too and it could just be something as simple as that but given that and also i will say the lack of sort of awards successful award gathering for the staircase last year um it makes me wonder if the sort of prestige cable adaptations of these true crime things using uh, screen actors, especially given in this era of uh, greater austerity um, by these uh, cable companies or whatever you want, like cable companies. I feel like I'm like, ah, listening to an album, but you know, these cable slash <laughs> streaming companies. No, but you know, we obviously, we all read the headlines. We know that these places are, trying frantically to save money any way they can. I wonder if, you know, between those two sort of things that were so glowed about before, but then sort of dropped, um, the Staircase got some nominations, but I don't think it scored any wins last year. I don't think so either. I wonder if people are looking at that and thinking, like, maybe we need to back off from this sort of approach and... um, like the prestige stuff, if it continues to happen, is going to be more of a feature film play, which I am fine with because I feel like everything right now is too freaking long. Yeah, agree. I feel like we don't need four or six or eight episodes of these things. Yeah. Uh, and I, to your point, I think you're right. I think that a couple of big swings were taken using Julia Roberts last year Yeah. that there was nothing. And like... Gaslit had its problems, and I wasn't crazy about the casting of her. I th- I thought there were other choices that would have worked better, but she was good, mm-hmm. and it was, I mean, it was a big play. The Sean Penn fucking job of the hut mm. fat suit was a way bigger issue, but that was talked about a ton, and then it sank like a rock, Gaslit. And if we compare it to, like, some of the, you know, arguable sweeps we saw last year, they weren't coming from Showtime or HBO or whatever. They were coming from Hulu and Netflix, right? Like, Dope Sick, like, mm -hmm. really dominated the nominations and got a lot of really great wins last year. And it, too, had a fairly prestige cast. But it's Hulu, which, like, fair or not, seems down market compared to HBO, um, and but the dropout. I feel like that's where a lot of the really good yeah. acting and composition is coming from. And yeah. I, I will say, though, like, justice for Showtime. They have so many good documentaries. They have so many good 
like mini series that people don't people just don't pay attention to it because my last note on this topic is that Waco colon the aftermath oh got my God. bubkis. Okay, and well, I have a theory on the Showtime thing. I think that Showtime is going to get some of this justice you're seeking now that it's being folded into Paramount Plus. Not yeah, just because I, I think that so. Paramount Plus is going to push stuff into it, but remember, when you use Amazon Prime, you get fed all of these great opportunities you have to watch content on Paramount Plus if only you drop an additional couple bucks a month. And I think a lot of people who are just there going through Prime Video um, on Amazon are going to be like, okay, yeah, sure. I want to give this a shot. I'll subscribe to uh, Showtime via Paramount Plus and, you know, mm-hmm. then they'll forget to subscribe. And so I do think that we're going to see greater visibility for Showtime properties now that it's not like a separate app people have to install or pay for or whatever. So I'm really curious to see how, I mean, like, whatever, this is not like a industry podcast, but I, I feel like great potential for Showtime there. Well, and I think they're really just generally trying to figure out who they are. Like after a decade of all of those properties, CBS proper, the CW, Showtime, et cetera, kind of being walled off from each other. Even on the press site, there was like this drop down and you had to have um, dedicated logins. And we were always like, it was always driving us crazy. They seem to have... um, like brought everything under an umbrella where everything can see everything else finally, which is great because I just have always, I have said for just as long, like showtime, don't sleep on it. I understand that it's extra on your cable package and it doesn't seem essential, but every now and then they have something that it's like, look, get the free trial. You won't regret it. Trust me. So I hope that that justice occurs. Showtime. We're not just Dexter. Yeah, exactly. And I didn't watch that thing either, but I also like Waco and Ruby Ridge sort of um, far right militia radicalization materials uh, make me physically anxious. And so unless I really have to review something, I just can't. Unless there's like whatever Timothy Daly in a terrible wig to mm-hmm. make me laugh and smile along the way, this stuff is like oh I can't I can't. So I didn't watch it. Michael Shannon, I I heard good things. People sure, said it was bad? good. It's nowhere in these nominations. So, but then again, the Emmys are the Emmys. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Ted Lasso somehow win a directing Emmy for in this category. So who knows? All right, folks, that's it for us this week. If there are actual Emmy awards this year and they don't just like do it on Skype or something, we will check back in and see if we were right. Do you have any predictions in this regard? I don't think anything here is necessarily going to win what it was nominated for, except Possibly Nathan Lane and probably Ray Liotta. Yeah, Thoughts? I, I yeah, I don't think that we're going to see uh, the sort of success in true crime that we saw last year with Dope Sick, The Dropout, um, and uh, uh, shoot, why am I forgetting the name of it? The um, that Anna, the Anna Sorokin, 
Uh, oh yeah, Julia, uh, uh, the Julia Garner. Anna. Yeah, because Inventing Anna got a lot of love last year too, and you know, so there was this sort of like trifecta of extremely enjoyable, extremely watchable. I guess I feel kind of bad about saying that about Dope Sick, but you know, oh, that entertaining fucking thrill ride, Dope Sick. But you know what I mean? Extre- compulsively yeah. watchable shows. We didn't have a lot of that come out this year, and we also, yeah. and I think that the Emmys just is just reflective of that. Yeah, or the stuff that was compulsively watchable in this genre was nonfiction, yeah. and the Emmys are not messing with that Bingo. like i was sort of like if they had if someone if jesse plemons is cast as uh what's his nuts alex murdoch oh yeah then we're gonna see some fucking fireworks at the 2024 emmys mm-hmm. um universe here our cry <laughs> and that's it for us this week but next week speaking of hearing cries we are answering your questions we got some really good ones oh we got God, some so voicemail we got some comments we're going to dig in and you can reach us anytime and ask us anything anytime by calling or texting 919-75-CRIME. You can email us editorial at bestevidence.fyi. That email reaches both of us or just pop into the comments. We'd love to hear from you. Talk to you next time.